Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Bet the Edge. It's Thursday, December 1st. We are finally approaching Christmas season, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for watching live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. Thank you, everyone, for listening also on the podcast version today. Conference Championship Week is here. Drew and I, Drew and Vaughn, we're on a first-name basis here, digging the impact of Utah, <laughs> USC, Friday night, Kansas State, TCU, my most hated team, as they try and get the championship picture. But we're going to wrap up the show with Thursday Night Football, Bills, Pats, we see the total moving, Drew. All that more coming up on Bet the Edge. But we also have a very, very special guest, my guy, Eric Froton. He's going to join us to break down college football, the most profitable college football capper by far at NBC and probably in the whole player prop community in this world, I'd have to say. But, Eric, how are we doing today, my guy? I'm doing well. Excited for conference championship week. As always, we got plenty of plays that I'd, I'd like to kind of go over and potentially uh, offer some value on for our listeners. Uh, sounds good to me. As we know, we got Utah and USC. Drew and I were chirping at this one a little bit before. We got two and a half. USC's laying the favorite. Uh, they lost to Utah earlier this season, 43-42. It was a barn burner. Now we see the total sitting at 67 and a half, 68 at some shops. I kind of like the under, even though it's great offense, it's great quarterback play here. Uh, what are you looking at, Eric? Well, I could see why you'd like the under. Uh, obviously, anytime you get an 85-point explosion out of the first game, <laughs> there will typically be an adjustment or two made. Um, but, you know, there are some factors also uh, health-wise. You know, we saw Cameron Rising against Oregon really have a hard time. Uh, that was not the Cam Rising we saw who, you know, took the top off of that USC defense in their first meeting. He threw three interceptions, uh, was clearly banged up, and did not look himself. That was only two games ago. So are we going to get the original USC uh, Utah cam rising? Are we going to get the Oregon cam rising? So these two teams combined for 1,118 total yards last game. Wow. And they only committed one turnover. So, you know, this was just a, a true offensive shootout. And that's a little strange for USC because they actually lead the nation with 22 interceptions. Uh, you know, so this is a turnover-oriented team who will give up yardage. Uh, where they didn't give up yards, either team in the last game, interestingly, was on the ground. You know, uh, Travis Dye, who is now injured, will be seeing Austin Jones, uh, did, you know, just barely cleared 80 yards. Uh, we saw the tandem of Tavion Thomas and Micah Bernard combined for 65. So this was a real true aerial shootout this last game. Um, in terms of what I kind of see happening here and, you know, what I think could carry over, both quarterbacks last game, uh, did a lot of damage on the ground. Caleb Williams, 57 yards. 
Uh, Cam Rising, 60 yards, three touchdowns rushing. Obviously, you know he had the dramatic two-point conversion to win the game at the end of regulation as well. Um, so those the lines currently for each of them, you're in that 30 range. I believe it's 33 and a half on DraftKings for Caleb Williams. Uh, it's right at that 28 and a half mark on DraftKings for Rising. And I think at least Caleb Williams, I really like his 33 and a half. Rising, I give a little pause due to his injuries. Particular. Uh, other player that I really like, if you can get it on the non-domestic market, uh, Dalton Kincaid, tight end for Utah. Last game had over 200 yards receiving, had 16 receptions. He was listed open at five and a half. He's at six now. I think it's gonna be, he's going to be targeted early, often. I really like that over in particular for Caleb. And uh, I think that USC, excuse me, for Dalton Kincaid, I do think USC covers here. Uh, I Going to go with the money line because it was a one-point game last time. Yeah. This could be very competitive, but I'm I'm going with the over uh, after the 65.85 point explosion. I do think it will go over, and I am backing USC on the money line in addition to those props I mentioned. Hmm. This is interesting. Current market dynamics as we are recording this live, we're seeing the threes disappear. Uh, this is moving down to two and a half. And I'll tell you, that is extremely surprising. Two of the bigger groups that I know are both at uh, on USC here at three. So somebody with enormous market respect is betting Utah right now. Um, I don't know if this is a dummy move and they're going to come back and take USC closer to close. But that is uh, pretty surprising here. Um, all your points make total sense to me. Caleb Williams looks to have have the uh, Heisman sewn up regardless of this outcome, but USC obviously can play their way into uh, the Final Four. And I, I you know, I, I'm caught up in this. I, I've been very much enjoying USC. Uh, you know, down the home stretch here with these wins, they're you know fun fun team to cheer for. It's great to have them back in the conversation. Obviously, a ton of history there with college football. So nothing against Utah, but uh, would love to see USC punch their ticket and give us a, a fun matchup for uh in the final four there but um that's uh that's fair uh a less uh exciting story at least for me and vaughn i think as well is tcu's uh <laughs> run to big 12 glory um in my opinion big 12 is having a little bit of a down year maybe a lot of a down year um and but tcu has managed to come through completely unscathed a couple of very very uh you know plucky plucky wins for this team uh and now they take on a Kansas State team where they are still only laying two and a half uh in a game where you know they're up against a team that they beat pretty concise you know pretty decisively in the regular season um I think for root you know just for like the long arc because I know I'm going to fade TCU in the final four regardless of opponent and price I'd like to see them get a win in a cover here like like let's see them get like a really convincing win uh so that the market overreacts a little bit and makes that price that much shorter to fade them in the next round. Um, but uh, what is your read on the current state of TCU? Am I overreacting just out of kind of personal bias uh, against this team because I've lost so much money trying to trying to catch that <laughs> loss? Oh, no, I, I, I like that theory. You know, this is advanced <laughs> game theory from Drew Densick, 101 here, because I, I, I feel the exact same way. It's been a charmed life. The foreign frogs yeah. have been leading. Um, but, you know, to get into their previous matchup, I did want to talk about that a little bit, because uh, in terms of, of handled them easily, uh, I, there was a tale of two games and a tale of two halves there. First off, last game with Kansas State, you have to remember, Adrian Martinez coming into that game, Started the game. He threw exactly two passes for seven yards and was promptly knocked out by TCU, which necessitated 
Will Howard, who will be starting this game and has started every game since then, to come in and try to right the ship. So Howard hadn't taken a snap all year long before coming in against TCU in a big spot. I mean, that was a monster spot. Howard performed pretty darn well. Kansas State was actually up 28-10 to 10 in the first half. Howard was out there slinging. He's a better passer than Adrian Martinez. I mean that in a sincere, objective sense. This isn't debatable. He's a better thrower than him. Keep in mind, Will Howard in 2020, during the pandemic-shortened season, Skylar Thompson got hurt, who now actually had a start for the Miami Dolphins. So he came in there and uh, started the entire 2020 pandemic season. It was pretty darn good. Obviously, when they brought in Adrian Martinez, you know, Skylar Thompson came back in 2021. Adrian Martinez transfers in this year, so he didn't get the reps. But since then, Will, I mean, Howard did pretty darn well in that game. The second half, it wasn't exactly his fault either. You know, you have to remember, there was two missed field goals in that second half by Kansas State. There was two interceptions. One of them was thrown by Jake Radley, the third-string quarterback who came in for a series. I don't know why they brought him in for a series, but he threw one pass, and it was an interception, which promptly went back and was taken, uh, you know, subsequently by TCU for a score. So there's a lot of moving parts in that first game that really worked against Kansas State and for TCU. But what, that's why, you know, I guess I'm looking at it now and saying, all right, we have Will Howard, who has clearly gotten his reps. He's gotten the starters reps for a full month. He's looked much, much better in that time frame. Despite the changeover, they only lost – by 10 points, that's because they rattled off 28 points for TCU in the second half. I just think that this is a case where I can't not, in good conscience, take TCU after all those things went wrong for Kansas State and they were still up 18 points going on. Everything's gone right for TCU. Everything went wrong for Kansas State. Preseason, I actually took Kansas State to win the Big 12 at <laughs> minus 1,500, you know, the 1,500 juice. I'm sticking with it. I'm on it. I'm plus going 50, with my, my plus, preseason plus, read, yeah, yeah. and I'm taking the Wildcats. Yeah, I, so I, I hope you didn't lay 1500 on the – you took plus no, – No, no, no. I took okay. okay. yeah, Thank, thank, thank you. Uh, Eric will be freaking out on Saturday if that was the case. <laughs> I'm out of that. I'm I knew, I knew what you meant. I remember that, actually. I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Give, give, yeah. give you credit. You have 15 to 1 in pocket for Kansas State. That's a lot better than the current money line of plus 115. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, nice. that's a yeah. great look. I, I remember you talked head about spot, that. But I'm feeling good, right? Yeah, that's an easy head spot for you, and – we talked about that early in the season, how like the Big 12 was up for grabs. You might as well take the teams that are, you know, 10 to 1 or better. Um, you know, Eric, I hope you follow me and you got that North Texas 18 to 1. We're praying on that this weekend. But oh, back, on to that. Praying on praying. back to Kansas State, though. Uh, I mean, I, I faded them against Kansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, uh, Baylor, and then we both faded them against Iowa State, and that was the most embarrassing thing a uh, handicapper could have did Ugh. last week. But – I do love this Kansas State matchup a lot more. And just going back the last 46 times in a conference championship that we've seen a team play each other a second time and they've lost the first time around, guess what? 23 and 23 against the spread. Not much of an effort at all saying it's hard to beat someone twice, but 31 of those 46 teams, 67% did increase their scoring margin by eight points on average. So uh, it's not a bad idea to be looking at Kansas State in this position. That's a side that I'll probably be on. But okay. if you guys want more of that, college football fans, come on, baby. Saturday, 
Last minute bidding inside 11 a.m. to noon Eastern on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you like what Eric Froton's saying, he'll be there. If you like what I'm saying, I'll be there. Brad Thomas will also be there hosting the whole thing. So make sure you guys stop by on Saturday and check us out. Plenty of bets to get by. So we talked the two big games. Let's go to the SEC one because this is the one I'm absolutely not betting, Eric. Hmm. I'm going to need your opinion. Okay. Georgia's laying 17 and a half. I know the Sharps already hopped on Georgia when it opened around the 14, 14 and a half number. Um, you know, LSU, Jalen, Jaden Daniels, this whole team's looked so much better since week one. But I don't know if I can take them against Georgia. But what is Georgia playing for here? Because they're already solidified as the number one seed. So what's your take? Yeah, I mean, uh, salient points on all fronts. Yeah, keep in mind, too, Jaden Daniels been walking around in a boot. And when it comes to LSU and what they want to do, they're not a great passing team by any metric. Um, they want to run the ball. Okay, and a big part of that rushing attack has been the ability of Jaden Daniels to make plays uh, out of structure, uh, to scramble, to be able to run the RPO game with them. And that's vital because they're they're missing their starting running back, Josh Williams. Uh, so they will be, you know, kind of down the trough uh, when it comes to that. But, you know, this is the 18th ranked rushing offense in the country. This is the 66th ranked passing offense. Okay. While LSU is explosive, 15th in EPA per play, 51% in terms of success rate. We're now playing the Georgia defense that, as we all know, third-ranked defense overall. I mean, the numbers are absolutely insane. First in points per drive, uh, you know, top three in yards per play, 33% success rate against, fifth in EPA. Uh, it's just they smother teams and shorten games. And I really think that's kind of what we're going to see here. Uh, because as you mentioned, Georgia just wants to get out of here. You know, they want to put LSU down, get out. I really like the over in the first half of these 30 points. Oh. I think, because if you look at Georgia, 22 points per game, they're averaging in the first half, 12 points per game in the second half as they salt games away. I think you see Kenny McIntosh, who's their lead running back. He's at 62 and a half rushing yards. I think he's going to get plenty of work. Uh, in that second half, as they do solve this game away, I can't possibly see LSU being able to mount consistent drives and being able to go 10, 12 plays all the way down the field against the Georgia team with their best player, Jaden Daniels, is already banged up coming in the game. If you take away that scrambling ability, that elusiveness of Daniels to make plays out of structure, I think it's kneecaps this offense. Yeah. I expect a blowout. From Georgia, they will be winning this game. I like the over in the first half because I think it slows down in the second. It's a low total, too. It's only uh, – I just pulled it up just to double-check. It's in at 26 flat. 26. Okay, wow. Yeah, 26 wild. points in the wow. first half for a Georgia Georgia football game. Georgia's yeah. always doing that by themselves every first half, you know, with 22. If you just get a field goal out of LSU, well, that's all we need. Why not lay 10 with Georgia in the first half? Why not lay 10? Is that yeah? Because I mean, I feel like if if you bet the first half over, you're kind of sweating LSU scoring a point, right? Yes, we are. We 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 need one. We need one. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good point. Um, Okay. So uh, okay, that's interesting. I mean, and you know, we're well past the point where we can audible Alabama into this game, right? (laughs) I think we're out. out, Damn. 
All right. Well, uh, anyway, I'll tune in regardless. Uh, let's go. I, I'm going to play some Georgia first half. I liked your breakdown there. And I, I do like, uh, you know, just in general, the idea of a absolutely monstrous hyped up defense going up against a, uh, Olympic quarterback in the, uh, in, you know, whose, whose mobility will be tested in the first half of this game. Um, Purdue takes on Michigan in the big 10 championship game. I don't think they can play spoiler here. Pretty sure Michigan's going regardless of the outcome. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just, we're looking at a 17-point spread here. That's a lot for, you know, teams that tend to, you know, keep it keep it close, keep it lower scoring. We're not looking at a huge total here in this game, at least by college football standards. Um, you know, this is being contested at Lucas Oil Stadium, so we're in a dome. Um, 52 is our total. 17, as I mentioned, is the current spread. A um, little bit of influential money coming in on Purdue, pushing this down to 16 and a half. I know 17 is not a super key number, but it does, you know, two touchdowns and a field goal. So um, is there a case to be made here to uh, back the underdog Boilermakers to keep this one competitive? Oh, gosh. Interestingly, in their game against Ohio State last week, Ohio State had a 51% success rate to Michigan's 38%. But it didn't really matter in terms of their efficiency because Michigan went out and hit home runs. I mean, in a couple of cases, some grand slams when it came to that second half with Donovan Edwards hitting back-to-back 70-yard touchdown runs. So that Joe Moore uh, award-winning offensive line from last year is also a contender again this year. Uh, will be controlling the line of scrimmage, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect Blake Corum to be able to perform in this game after we saw his leg wrapped up. His left leg was wrapped up like the mummy, Mm -hmm. uh, and he got two carries and quickly bounced out of that game. It's not going to make any sense for them to play him. Uh, Purdue will have Devin Mockaby back. He he got concussed two games ago. He was back. I mean, he's been running the ball extremely effectively, which will allow Purdue to at least not be as one-dimensional as they had been in years past. Uh, Aiden O'Connell had, uh, you know, unfortunately a family tragedy. His brother died uh, last week, and he's will be playing, obviously, with a heavy heart. Uh, he was actually originally listed at 274.5 passing. That's down to 234.5 right mm-hmm. now on DraftKings. That was a major middle opportunity and a serious misprice on PrizePix's side. Uh, as you mentioned with Michigan, you know, it's it's a similar thing that I look at with Georgia, as we discussed, where they want to win, they want to get healthy, and they want to move on to the CFP because it's lock, stock, smoke, and barrel. They're in, and there's no way that they're going to be stopped as long as they just go and get this game in. I do like the under in this spot because of some of the factors that we talked about. You know, I know it's only a 51 and a half, or at least it was sure what's at now um but i do think purdue will have the ability to slow this game down enough where i do think they can hang around a little bit um you know maybe i'm a little bit uh bullish on the boilermakers ability to play spoiler but given game script i i think they can hang within that's the spoiler makers I mean, yeah, I like it. I was looking at – I want to get your opinion, Eric, on Purdue's team total. It's sitting at 17.5 plus 100 or plus 110 to the over. I mean, that's a number they hit all the time. And you look at what Michigan's done this year. I mean, a couple teams put up 17 on them. A couple teams put up 23. Maryland put up 27 or whatever. Um, And, you know, if Aiden O'Connell is going to play, we saw how he played against Indiana with a heavy heart. Um, You know, if he plays emotionally and inspired against Michigan – I feel like that passing total is too low. Maybe the team total might be worth a look for plus money. Uh, any opinion on that and any other player props you might be looking at for Friday or Saturday's big slate? 
Yeah, actually, I um, I like Charlie Jones, wide receiver for Purdue. Uh, last week, they hit a dramatic double over. I had Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell's over at 275. I had – you did too. We had yeah. Charlie Jones, his over, and they both hit on a – with Charlie Jones streaking bare naked down the seam <laughs> on a 75-yard connection. I really appreciated that because if it weren't for that, that was the last play of the game in the fourth quarter that was actually a relevant play. If he doesn't hit that, it neither of them hit the over. So that was another factor I was looking at for this. I like Jones's under. He started at 91 and a half. Um, he ended up going down. He's around 83 and a half right now. The previous two games, as opposed to last week, he didn't hit that number. And again, it took, you know, just a complete total blown coverage on the last relevant play of the game in order to hit it last time. Uh, I just think with Michigan's secondary, with the way they are looking to shorten the game, I see the under script, you know, it's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Uh, I think it's going to be a very, very tough for Purdue to be mounting any sort of a consistent drive. We see that in the under with 235 and a half, as mentioned with O'Connell. So I'm going to back the under on Jones as well, 83 and a half. Okay. I like it, man. Uh, all solid looks. Uh, any any game we didn't talk about, any look on the board? Uh, Jackson State going to send uh, didn't send uh, Deion <laughs> Sanders off with an undefeated regular season here and a, and a swack title. Uh, what's, what's your best look on the board that we haven't talked about? Well, with all due respect to Coach Prime and, and his future FBS gig, wherever that may be, you know, we've heard a few rumors, maybe it's UCF. Uh, I actually like, uh, I'm going to go to the Alamo Dome. We're going to Vaughn's, you know, place of residence yes. here. Uh, it's, I know he lives in Connecticut, but he really resides in North Texas. Everybody knows this. So uh, what I do like that's a particular prop, Austin Oni, quarterback for North Texas, is currently listed at 217 and a half on DraftKings. You can get it at 226 and a half if you want to go under. I personally don't uh, on FanDuel. However, we saw him last game. He threw for 325 yards against UTSA. This was a straight up barn burner last game. Straight up. Uh, and when it comes to what North Texas has been doing, their their running backs have been banged up. You know, their best guys, their top two guys out. They'll be playing a freshman you know, uh, at the running back position. Hope maybe Isaiah Ragsdale plays. You know, we don't really know how that's going to look. And they're a run-based team. Ordinarily, they want to be able to impose their will on you. Last game was an absolute overfest uh, between these two teams. I think we're going to get another one that's an overfest. I think at 217 and a half, where the game script is going to have North Texas throwing, mm-hmm. get it 217 and a half. You're asking for it there. I also like Kavorian Barnes, running back for UTSA. Okay, he's at 71 and a half. Their other running back, they have a two-headed system. Brendan Brady yeah. is out. It is the Kavorian Barnes show, period. Okay, that's all that's happening. Their quarterback, Frank Harris, has banged up his legs. You know, he dinged him up. He will be throwing. He will not be running as much as he used to. I think it's the Kavorian Barnes show. I love that over on him. 71. I love that. Two, I played Austin Oni, too, to the over, so – I am all on that, my guy. I did not know it moved 10 yards already, but that is in our favor. We'll leave you with this on the North Texas talk. Underdogs that have failed to cover multiple games in a row entering a conference championship are 19-4 and ATS in the last 23. That's an 82.6%. And they've improved their score margin by 10.9 points. The only trend that applies to this weekend, one North Carolina Tar Heels, one North Texas Mean Green. Give me the Mean Green, ladies and gentlemen. So... If you like what you heard, Eric, we appreciate you. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter 
at CFF Froton. The guy is going to be joining us Saturday morning, 11 a.m. to noon. Best college football capper we have. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, pet parents. Are you searching for the perfect place for your dog to play? Check out Camp Bow Wow. Our safe and supervised doggy daycare and boarding ensures your pup gets the socialization they crave while giving you peace of mind. With our certified staff and clean and spacious facilities, your dog will have a blast making friends and staying active. Join the Camp Bow Wow Pack today. Your first day is free. Visit us at CampBowWow.com. Franchise opportunities available. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER. Net. Gambling problem? Call 8778 Hope New York or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine in New York. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you download the Rotor World app, NBC Sports Edge app to receive breaking player news all season long. You could favor your players on your roster, get those injury updates, get those players' news delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today, and we know. Fantasy football's playoff season is upon us. Best of luck. I'm making one playoff league out of four, so let's not talk about fantasy football. <laughs> Bills laying three and a half on the road in Foxborough at the Patriots, over under center 43 and a half. We've seen the unders in primetime, Drew. Complete moneymakers. They were 20 and 11, 
But the past six primetime games, 6-0 and to the over. Now we have Josh Allen. Now we have Mac Jones. Are we going to the over, my friend? I think the over is the look here or pass. Um, it has been one-way action, by the way, in the market in favor of the New England Patriots. Uh, it has I been agree. all season long. The market has just been absolutely in love with the Buffalo Bills. They have been the darlings of the betting, you know, just in general, the betting market makers. Uh, not this week. <laughs> this is down. Uh, you know, we we thought maybe you, I thought maybe you might get six on the open. It opened five and a half, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to get my New England plus six. I'm not going to get New England plus four. This is down to three and a half now, and it is trending, uh, you know, to to close in that ballpark. Um, and that's shocking because Buffalo handled uh, New England very, very comfortably last time out. Of course, a memorable playoff matchup that was one-way traffic Buffalo. Uh, and I think in general, this is a, a decent uh, opportunity for New England to uh, answer a you know, a little bit. You have Mac Jones playing much more confidently of late. His last time out on the primetime Thanksgiving game against the Minnesota Vikings, he was a different quarterback than what we saw in the first frame of the season. And I think he can carry some of that uh, success into this contest where he's going up against the Bills defense that's lacking a little bit of pop right now at pass rush considering some of the injuries they sustained. Uh, and is still trying to incorporate some of their you know players off of injury in the secondary. So they look to be a bit susceptible. New England may have a perfectly balanced attack here with Ramondre Stevenson having uh, the backfield to himself in the absence of Damian Harris. And I think with a, uh, a New England offensive line that can get pressure that is blocking extremely well in the run game, that New England's going to be able to find their points in this one. I make the f- median team total for New England 23. I make the median team total for Buffalo 26. So this is a, a low, low, low number for me uh, compared to market over would be the play or pass, as we talked about. Uh, but I think I'm going to circle New England's team total over specifically just in case New England has some wrinkles in their back pocket to really frustrate Josh Allen in this contest. Test. third game in a row in the road for Buffalo here and in general uh you know Josh Allen has been weirdly taking points off the board for the Bills with some of his red yeah. zone shenanigans so far this season so uh a little bit of a, a decent mis- you know, matchup here for uh the Patriots from a passing standpoint although of course the Achilles heel for the Pats defense and really Bill Belichick in his tenure has been the running quarterback so uh that's in the back of my head that's the only reason I'm not getting more heavily involved here in New England but uh, over for me uh is is the play of the night. I like that a lot. And that's the way I'm leaning to. I, I like Josh Allen's look on rushing yards, as you just said, because uh, Patriots can't struggle with that. Sitting at 42 and a half for him, it's getting juice now, looking like it's going to go up to like 44, 45 and a half. Wow. And I think the, what, the reason why the toes been coming down is, one, it's an outdoor game now. It's in New England. And, you know, it's going to be cold. It's looking like 26 to 30 with the type of fill temperature-wise. Hmm. And uh, some wind gusts between like 10 and 20. We could have higher around kickoff, but it will, it will go down as the night uh, goes. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at that, that over in general. I think the Patriots are alive to win this game. Uh, the Bills, I mean, as you said, struggling to cover spreads on the road. They're on the road once again. They're one in four ATS in their last five games. Uh, one in four ATS on the road this season. Only cover against the Kansas City Chiefs wow. uh, at Arrowhead. Uh, but also that was like a one-point spread. So <laughs> I like the Patriots. I like the over. I can get down with the team total. Are there any uh, player props or any other looks for tonight's slate that you're uh, looking at before we get out of here? I haven't played any. I usually ask Jay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just tell Jay on those. Uh, player prop handicapping is tough, man. Uh, yeah. It's getting it's gotten to be a much sharper market, a lot more liquidity there. But, Thank you for saying um, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, but I, no, I think uh, if you if you want to kind of 
expect Mac Jones to continue to perform to the good. Uh, I think that's sort of the angle of attack I would look for. Yeah, I, uh, I do want to note, too, he hasn't thrown an interception in three straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, under, one, under one interception for Mac Jones is plus 110 still. So you're getting value on both Josh Allen and Mac Jones actually today to not throw an interception. Um, don't hate that as much. If it is going to be a little windy, we could see more running backs getting uh, involved here. So let's do that. Let's uh, let's do the little Mac Jones no interceptions against the Bills. We'll really sweat that one out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. If you guys want some more tonight, make sure you join us Thursday night football on the NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel. DFS, fantasy advice, and betting advice from Kyle Dvorak, Lawrence Jackson, and myself. Again, 7 a.m. Eastern. NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel, Bills and Pats. So we appreciate everyone for watching us today. It's Drew Dinsdick, it was Von Delzell, Eric Froton, a cast if I gotta say. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more info and help you guys out with your wagers. Thanks for watching live on our YouTube channel and listening on podcast form. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, follow us. See you guys tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.